you have to flip the switch and look at yourself as a brand in order to attract strangers, in order to attract new people, to attract an audience of your ideal clients. That's not your aunt, not your uncle, not your neighbor, not the mom at your your child's school. So you have to brand yourself and market yourself to attract strangers. Hi, my name is Kara Myers and welcome to the Travel Business Lounge. Each week, I chat with women who have built incredible businesses in the travel and tourism industry. You'll hear their inspirational stories of success. We went from 2,000 a month to about 70, 72,000 a month um, in that span of, of nine years. And struggle. I wish that I could tell you that I pivoted really quickly and like jumped back on my feet and I did it. And what they learned along the way. Give yourself the grace of knowing that it's not going to happen overnight and you're going to make a ton of mistakes. And as long as you learn from them and move forward, that's okay. So grab a coffee, hit subscribe, and get ready to learn and feel inspired. Hello, hello. Welcome back to episode 16 of the Travel Business Lounge, the place where we celebrate and learn from female entrepreneurs in the travel industry. Today's guest is the industry expert when it comes to email marketing and list building. After more than a decade working in the hospitality industry, Nicole Barrett decided to leave her role as regional director of sales to launch the Travelpreneur Academy, her own online school, which teaches travel and tourism professionals how to grow and harness their email list. In this episode, she covers email marketing from A to Z, starting with why email marketing is so effective, what her top tips are for creating a powerful lead magnet, and how to design the perfect email sequence that will get you more sales with your ideal customer. Email marketing might sound like a bit of a dry subject, but Nicole makes it anything but that. This is a great episode, and honestly, I'm so proud and excited for you to listen to it, so I really hope you enjoy. And so, without further ado, here is the wonderful and magnetic Nicole Barrett of the Travelpreneur Academy. Hey everyone, it's Kara again. Just wanted to say one last thing before we dive into the episode. I've started a Facebook group called the Travel Business Lounge, which is for travel and tour entrepreneurs looking to connect with one another. It's a new community, and so numbers are small, but I'd really appreciate anyone willing to jump in and be part of this new community. Thanks for your consideration, and back to the show. So Nicole, welcome to the podcast. I'm really looking forward to having you here and talking all about list building. Hey, Cara, I am so excited to be here. Like literally, I woke up this morning thinking, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm talking to Kara today. How exciting. <laughs> oh, that's really sweet. Well, you've had an incredible <laughs> career. So I feel like we should start by talking about that because you're, I was you know, looking at your LinkedIn, looking at your website and your career trajectory is so impressive. So take us back to the beginning and how you got into tourism. Oh my goodness. So uh, thank you for that, by the way. It's nice to hear that sometimes because, you know, Oftentimes, we all do it. We all look at our career trajectory or whatever it is that we're doing now. We, we don't often stop to appreciate where we've been and the knowledge we've acquired along the way. Um, or at least we often don't tell ourselves that. So for you to say that, I'm like, wow, I really did do some amazing things. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so thank you for, bringing, for saying that and bringing that up. 
Yeah, so I actually started uh, my hospitality career. I went into college studying hospitality management. So hotel and tourism management is what I did. And I did did a minor in, in sales, so hotel sales, which, you know, when you enter hospitality, you don't often think there's a whole other area to, to, the, to the industry, right? There's a whole sales and marketing area. You just know about the service part, right? You know about the front desk and, you know, and the, the running of the restaurant and, and, and all of that. So the beauty, though, of going through college and uh, studying that is I actually was able to put everything I learned into, into the job itself. So I learned while I, you know, while I was going along and I, I joke, I well, it's really not a joke, but I like to joke when I say I have worked in every area of the hotel industry and restaurant industry, except for maintenance. Right. <laughs> and I can probably think back to a time when I probably fixed a, a remote in a room, in a hotel room somewhere, <laughs> or a, maybe not pipes, but I probably can say I did, did some, I did do some maintenance maintaining right so um but yeah i worked in hotels and restaurants and everything front desk night audits hostess serving all of that and i had the opportunity to work for some great hotel brands like sofitel hotels which in philadelphia i worked as a server in an amazing french restaurant called i'm probably gonna butcher it and i believe i believe it's called shade colette right there i learned about food and wine and french culture and it was just it was a great start and then I did the Walt Disney World College program, which I'm not sure if you heard. Have you heard of it? Yeah, I have. I don't know that yeah, much yeah. about it, though. Please tell me more and for our oh, listeners. Absolutely. Well. So I did the Walt, Dis- Walt Disney World College program, and it was the best six months of my life. I I worked as a hostess on the at the Boardwalk Hotel or the Boardwalk Resort at Walt Disney World in Florida. Now the training that went into the whole Walt Disney World program, it set me up. No word of a lie. It was the most amazing training that that I went to that has helped me in my entire career since then. Just being able to present yourself and being of service and being calm about it and knowing that when you are being of service, you're also on stage. So being aware of where you place your hands, where 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 does your smile turn, looking people in the eye, that type of thing, right? So I did that. And and so I, I concentrate a lot on my co- on the, my college years because I believe the jobs that I had during that time, even as even working in a small boutique hotel, as I was the concierge, the front desk person, the housekeeper, I worked in the in the restaurant. I did everything in that small <laughs> boutique hotel, right? But that chunk of my life really prepared me for for a lot, right? And I'm I'm not sure who needs to hear this, but Wherever you are in your career, do the small, dirty things. Do the things at the bottom because it's going to help prepare you for for the big things, I would say. And all of that, right out of college, actually before I left college, I was offered a job at Fairmont Hotels, right? And again, those are things I believe prepared me for that. So at Fairmont Hotels, I worked in the sales office. So again, it led back to that minor in sales, sales and marketing, right? So I entered the other part of the hotel side, which is non-service related or not so much, right? And there I learned how to sell uh, a product, how to sell a hotel, how to sell meeting space, how to talk and deal with executives and business people. And then I went on to Starwood Hotels, uh, again in the sales office this time as a sales coordinator, sales manager, and then eventually a convention services manager. 
So this is all meetings and events and exciting stuff, right? And then uh, directly from that, I went to work for Sandals and Beaches Resorts. So that we're talking now, 2005. Oh my gosh, I go, I'm th- I'm listening to myself talk and I'm like, wow, that seems so long ago. <laughs> so this is 2005 and I went to work for Sandals as a BDM or a business development manager. And this was, again... I mean, I talked about Disney World preparing me for a lot of things over the course of six months. Sandals prepared me for a whole lot more over the course of 13 years, right? So as a BDM, I was on the road going to travel agencies, you know, talking to them about growing their businesses and, you know, with the brochures and doing the events and, you know, traveling to the resorts and learning how to sell a resort, how to sell an island, how to sell a particular part or tour or the culture of an island, islands that I've never been to, right? I was born in Jamaica. I knew Jamaica, but I learned so much more. And I learned from top executives who, you know, to this day, I credit for a lot that that I know now. So people like Gary Sadler and Adam Stewart and everyone who I've worked with at Sandals Resorts. And I did that for 13 years. And I Ended my career there in 2018 as director of sales and visual director of sales for the Northeast region, where I led a team of 11 people or 11 BDMs by this point who are now going around teaching travel agents how to grow their businesses. I mean, what a resume. <laughs> I know. And and guess what? And I, I say I, there's probably another 20 or 30 years left of it, right? But but what I did learn, though, uh, with Sandals, again, was a, was amazing. And while I was working there, um, I realized that there was a gap, right? So while I was working for this amazing company, and I realized that while I was talking to a lot of agents about the products, the destinations, there was a gap in how they connect marketing themselves and marketing the property. And how do you bridge this gap? And while I was there to do Sandals work, right, there was not a lot of time to help them bridge this gap because I had a... I had goals, right? I had I had a mission and I, I worked for a company that rightfully demanded that I, I stick to that. So that's what I did. And but seeing this gap and knowing I was knowing I was ready for something different in my career, that's when I said, okay, perfect. I'm going to be the one to help them bridge this gap. And that's why I started my now company, S5 Global, as well as the Childpreneur Academy. And I've been doing that for the past three years or so. Fantastic. Fantastic. And please tell us more about both of those companies, the Travelpreneur Academy and SY Global. Absolutely. So SY Global is a portfolio of hotels where hotels and tour companies consult with me about bringing their brand, their product to US or the North American market right? Companies or, or hotels like Calabash Co., which is in St. Lucia. I also consult with some tour companies in Europe and some small boutique hotels in Europe as well, as well as the Caribbean. So SY Global, again, is a portfolio of those clients. And the Travelpreneur Academy is where I work directly with travel pros or so travel agents, people who own travel businesses to help them with their email marketing, their sales, their general marketing or digital marketing on a whole to basically help you know them do what I said before, which is bridge that gap. So, you know, I have this product to sell, but at the end of the day, and when you're a service company, when you're a mom and pop, when you are a solopreneur or solo travelpreneur, you have to brand yourself. You have to market yourself, right? Because yes, there's this great company. Let's say Sandals Resorts, for example. You know, a couple wants to go to a Sandals Resort, right? 
But this travel agent over here, while Sandal sells itself, this travel agent has to now say, hmm, how can I make that couple buy from me? How do I sell myself, right? And they, they are not, I mean, they can't market themselves the same way that Sandals does, right? They are this small, one-person solopreneur. So now we have to talk about creating connection or creating a brand that people can warm up to and that's, you know, trans and people can reach out to you, right? So the Travelpreneur Academy help, helps travel agents uh, market themselves as a, their own personal brand. And I think that's so important because so many people become travel agents or travel planners because they love travel, yeah. but they yeah. don't necessarily have a background or an interest in sales and marketing. So providing exactly. that service and support is, is fantastic. Is, but I, I absolutely agree. You're, you hit the nail on the head. A lot of them go into it because they like to travel or they, or they want more travel perks, right? Yeah. When at the end of the day, that's all great. That's all fine. <laughs> absolutely. Who doesn't want travel perks, right? I mean, who doesn't love to travel? I mean, I don't know one person who doesn't love to travel, <laughs> <laughs> right? But who doesn't want travel perks? However, if you go in, if that is your why, What's going to happen is you're going to end up with just friends and family or the majority of your clients are going to be friends and family. You have to flip the switch and look at yourself as a brand in order to attract strangers, in order to attract new people, to attract an audience of your ideal clients. That's not your aunt, not your uncle, not your neighbor, not the mom at your your child's school, right? So you have to brand yourself and market yourself to attract strangers. Yes, and you are the go-to expert for that in this industry. So I'm so excited to pick your brain. But before we get into some of your your advice on that, why is specifically speaking about list building, why is list building so important for travel agents in trying to market themselves? Is email still relevant today? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, remember when even email, this whole thing about email came about and then people would give their emails for everything, for coupons, for, for everything, right? And we would just give it freely because it's such a new thing, right? So it was probably easier, you know, 10, 15 years ago to be able to market to someone via email. These days, people's emails are so guarded because, and then that's why, you know, that's, you know, the invention of the spam box kind of signified <laughs> that to us, right? Yeah. So your emails, emails are now guarded. And so only a certain amount or the right, or what the consumer deems as the right message for them comes to that email address that they're holding so, so closely to their chest, right? So what travel agents need to understand, and anyone in the travel industry, to your point, is that while it was easier 10 or 15 years ago, it is still not dead. And studies have shown that people prefer to be marketed to via email than on social media. Because a lot of people go to social media to, to kind of de-stress. Well, hopefully, I mean, social media tends to cause its own stress, right? But when you're actively scrolling through Instagram, you really, for the most part, want to be entertained. And if you want additional, additional information on something, you, you dig a little deeper, right? But you go to be entertained. So people prefer to be marketed to via email. Email is also uh, another way that you can go very deep in a conversation. You can talk to a person via email about a subject that 
you may not have the time or effort or enough word space to do that on Twitter, on Instagram, or anywhere else. So you can tell stories in emails as well. You guess you can do it on social media, but you can go very deep into, into a story in an email. So absolutely, emails are relevant today and is one of the best ways to market to your ideal clients. That's great. And so let's let's go through those steps of how are you getting these, acquiring these client email addresses? What strategies do you suggest? Oh, of course. So, you know, um, as I said, because, you know, emails are held so closely to our hearts these days that no one gives their email address for nothing, right? Even if it is a 25% off coupon from the loft, right? Or <laughs> JCPenney or whatever it is, you're giving your email address in exchange for something, so if we follow that pattern, the best way to get someone's email address is to create what we call a lead magnet. So this is an opportunity for you to, or a travel agent to, to show what they know, to say, here are some of the things that I can help you with. And here is why I'm the person who should guide you during your roadmap of, or guide you during your process of looking for a vacation or a destination wedding or a family vacation or whatever it is, right? So let's take a, a destination wedding travel agent, for example. I love this example because the process of planning a destination wedding can be so complex. So if you have a lead magnet, which can be a PDF, it can be a video, it can be a quiz, it can be a set of emails. It can be so many different things. If you have a piece of content where you establish three things, you give people a chance to get to know you, who you are and why you do what you do. Why are you such a great destination wedding planner? You establish authority, right? So you say, here is what I know. Here are five tips to do this. Here are five tips to get this done. Here are five ways you need to do this. You know, you're giving people information and offering them a transformation. You're giving them a quick win during, you know, building authority. And the third thing you're doing is you're saying, you know, I actually know more. So in order for, you know, find out more from me. So you get give people a chance to get to know you, establish authority. And you're saying, you know, through your end content is, I also know these things. So uh, let me take you down a part through what we call a funnel to get you to take action to do something else. So now that you have my information, you are now, I'm going to send you now to follow me on Instagram, follow me, you know, join my Facebook group or come watch a live video I'm planning to do or a webinar I'm doing in about two months or two weeks or whatever it is. So you do that using a lead magnet for sure. Can you share a specific lead magnet that you've created or maybe one of your students have created in the past that was particularly effective? Right. So I'll give you two. So let's stick with the destination wedding uh, lead magnet, for example. I have a student in the academy who did a destination wedding lead magnet that talks about how to get the, the, your, the, re the family and friends to buy into your destination wedding idea, right? Because... That establishes two things. Number one, it helps me, Carol, whoever is planning a destination wedding, because one of one of our first thoughts is, man, will will they all come to Costa Rica, right? Will my family and friends come to Costa Rica? I don't know. How do I convince them that it's a great idea, especially during COVID? How do I convince them it's a great idea, right? So number one, you're giving your your the consumer a quick win by helping them overcome an obstacle or a challenge that they're going through. And number two, it helps your bottom line because the most people, the, the more, the more people 
you can convince to come to a destination wedding, the more money the travel agent makes, right? So that I thought was an amazing lead magnet. Now, it wasn't five five steps to so-and-so. It wasn't, you know, the best way to travel with a wedding gown to Jamaica. It wasn't anything like that. It was just, here's how to have a very difficult conversation, right? So I, I, I thought that was different and I loved it. Uh, another lead magnet, and I'll go to the to the complete opposite side that I've seen that has worked very well, is a lead magnet where a travel agent said, here are five things to do in London with kids who love art, right? So, you know, let's break down a lead magnet, for example. The travel agent could stop at five things to do in London. They could have stopped there. And we all know the five things, right? We all know there's Westminster, there's a London Eye. Like we could go, we could do like the general things. But this travel agent, their ideal client are, or their ideal clients are families with children, right? Uh, Or young children. So in order to get to those people, you have to speak their language. The second thing they did in the lead magnet was to say for families with children. You and I know you're based in London. I've been to London several times. London is probably not the most kid-friendly places, right? As far as activities go. It's a lot of walking. It's a lot of history. It's a lot of museums. So how to get kids to be involved in this type of trip. And then the third part of the lead magnet was kids who love art, or I believe it was history, right? So again, you and I know there are a ton of museums and art displays or whatever you want to call them available in London. And here are some that are really great for kids, right? Because they aren't all great for kids. So I thought that was a brilliant piece. Yeah, I think those are, both of those are fantastic examples. And I can confirm as someone who just was a destination wedding bride that I would definitely open that first lead magnet because I really identify with some of those concerns. But it seems like in both examples, the travel agent has to really know and understand who their target market is and what that yes. person is going to be looking for. Absolutely. I agree. And that's one of the first things we tackle in the academy or the inner circle or wherever it is that I'm talking with, tra- talking to travel agent is we first tackle the messaging and we first tackle who are you speaking to? Because if you're speaking to everyone, then you're speaking to no one. And, and that's fine too, right? Because we sometimes, we all sometimes find ourselves in that situation. And a lot of that stems from fear, fear of losing the booking, fear of losing the client, fear of not being seen by anyone. And so we feel like if we narrow it down so closely to families with children who love art, right? We narrow it down so closely. We feel like we're we're missing out on this whole big subsection over here. And that's probably right. But imagine the beauty of getting this beautiful subset over here that you're saying family of with children who families with children who love art. And if all those people come to you and you establish yourself as a person who works with families, with children who love art, going super niche can also help. But so, but I get it. I love that. I think that's great advice. I'm curious, where do you suggest your students share their lead magnets? Where are they, how are they getting eyes on those lead magnets? Oh, great question. A big way that people do this, and it doesn't always work for everyone, but I definitely recommend it, is through Facebook ads. So Facebook and Instagram ads using a super fine-tuned 
targeted market, right? For sure. Another way is through social media. I believe social media and email marketing, it goes hand in hand. And through social media, you can not just market your lead magnet, but it allows your platform to be able to create content that justifies your lead magnet, that supports your lead magnet. So let's say, for example, we're talking about that family in London, right? Now, if I have 10 suggestions for these types of families, I would go live on Instagram and on Facebook and talk about one of those suggestions. And I would dive deep into that suggestion right there, sharing my own experience or the experiences of some of my past clients or something that I've read. But I would go deep with that one point. And then I would say something to the effect of, if you would like nine more points that I've created for you or 12 more points, go to the link right here to download my list of what to do in London with kids. Um, you can do it that way. Ads, social media, conversations, through Facebook groups as well. If your Facebook group is super target targeted because people are always looking for Facebook groups, right? I'm in so many Facebook groups. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it is, is it, is, am I the only one? No, you're not alone. Okay. I am as well. <laughs> okay, great. So because, <laughs> but here's the thing, right? I would rather join a Facebook group for people going to England who like art history, right? Versus joining a Facebook group that just says travel England, right? So again, if you establish or create a Facebook group, that get, again, that is super niche using the terms, the keywords that people are searching for, that's another great place to build an audience, create connection and, you know, give people information or links to download your lead magnet. Yeah, that's definitely true. In my experience, joining Facebook groups, the more niche, the more engaged and the less spammy they feel. Absolutely. Absolutely. What happens next? So let's say you get someone to sign up for your lead magnet. What do you do with that email address? Ooh, good times. Good times. So this is when the gold <laughs> starts coming in, right? So, <laughs> all right. So once the email address comes in, right? So what you're doing is you're the first thing you want to do is you want to celebrate and let the folks know that you are excited that they've chosen to join you on this journey, right? So you're sending them a welcome email. You're saying, hey, hey, Nicole, thank you so much for downloading. I mean, you're not using the word lead magnet, right? Because that's an internal word, but thank you so much for downloading the ways to have a conversation about your destination wedding or whatever it is that you're calling it, right? Thank you for downloading this. Here, you can also give some other tips as well in that same email if you want to, but it's not, it's, I mean, it's optional, right? And basically you're saying, you're going to be hearing from me again. And here are some of the things that you're going to be hearing from me about. This is not a place where you're putting a hard call to action. So you're also saying in a very soft call to action, why don't you go ahead and follow me over on Instagram, right? So you're putting them in a nice little welcome sequence. Maybe you have two or three other emails after that. Again, with soft calls to action, giving, giving them a chance to get to know you and a little bit more about your business. And then from that, you're taking them into what we call a nurture sequence. And a nurture sequence, you're probably going a little bit deeper. And your call to action here or your calls to action for this sequence is that you're probably saying, I'm going live on this day come watch it here, or I'm doing a webinar, come watch it here, or, or something to that effect. And I often get the question of what's the difference between a welcome sequence and a nurture sequence, because it's a very, very thin line, right? So here's how, how I like to show the difference or tell the difference. So the welcome sequence for me is someone showing up to your home. So they're literally stepping on that welcome mat and they're ringing the bell. 
and you're opening up the door and you're saying, welcome to my home. Come on in, leave your shoes at the door, right? That's the welcome sequence. You're making them feel like you're excited that they're here, right? Maybe you have a welcome gift for them, something, but you're excited that they're here. That's the welcome sequence. The nurture sequence is now they are in your home and you're nurturing them like a guest. You're nurturing them like a parent would nurture a child or that favorite per aunt that you have come over. You're just excited that aunt Helen is here, right? And you're saying, Hey, have a seat here. Can I get you a cup of water? Can I get you a glass of champagne? Just so you know, the bathrooms are down the hall on the left. Oh, is it too warm? Is it too cold? Can I turn the heat up a little bit? You're nurturing. It's time to eat, right? Here's what we have on the menu. You're showing care and love and joy, and you're going a little bit deeper to create, to, to form that connection. So again, that's the difference between the welcome sequence and the nurture sequence. And then from there on, you're communicating with them regularly, regularly whether it's weekly or biweekly, via regular email, just talking about stuff, sharing stories, right? Keeping in with that 40, 40, 20 rule, which is what I like to call it. So everything that you share from here on out is going to be uh, 40% more or less, right? Try to stick to the ratio as much as possible. 40% personal and lifestyle. So here I would talk about what I'm doing this weekend, right? If I'm driving up the coast to Maine to go peeping, right? I would talk about what I'm doing and ask my audience, have you ever gone peeping? What's your favorite season of the year, right? Um, So that's personal lifestyle. And then 40% services. So an example would be maybe you're sharing uh, news, travel news, or maybe you're talking about some of the services that you offer, which may include uh, VIP transfer, for example, or do you send your clients a bottle of champagne every time they, you know, they travel? You said whatever it is that you offer, uh, travel insurance, even the boring stuff, right? And then 20% of that is where you're actively promoting, right? So this is where you're saying this resort has 40% off. It's one of my favorites. Click here. You're also promoting any Anything big that you have going on, maybe you have a group trip that's coming up and you want to you wanna promote that. So try to stick to that ratio via emails. And the same applies for social media, right? When you're sharing on social media, try to stick to the 40, 40, 20 rule. That's great. Now I'm curious for the nurture and the welcome sequence. So those emails are pre-written and that's an automated sequence that you then put them into. Correct. And then the emails that follow are like a weekly email that you're writing on a regular basis. Right, and those can also be pre those can also be automated. You know, if we all have our lives together, then yes, <laughs> those would also be automated. And if you find the time to create four emails in one day and that's going to be your automated emails for the month, absolutely do that. Now, are we all do we all have our lives together? Probably <laughs> not. And there have been times when I have written an email 10 minutes before I'm sending it, right? So, but ideally, um, every email should be should be automated. Now, here's the thing with that, right? There's a little caveat to that, right? Because it also depends on 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 the type of person that you are, right? So, you know, I did a post this morning where I did a reel talking about the fact that I'm the type of person that when I'm driving around and I'm traveling or I'm on the train, doesn't matter. I'm one of those people who are like, oh, that looks interesting. Let's stop there, right? I like to write in the moment. So if I'm sending an email talking about fall, I would like to write it after I just come from a hike. I would like to write it when I've just driven up the coast of Vermont, right? Or the coast of Maine, I should say. There is no coast in Vermont. I've driven up the coast <laughs> of Maine, right? And I've done some fall peeping and I've had some lobster mac and cheese. Like I like to write in the moment. Doesn't mean that you can't capture 
little voice notes in the moment and then refer back to them later. But it depends on on type of writer that you are. But at the end of the day, no matter how you get it done, just just get it done. I think that's something I've always personally struggled with is, you know, you're told to be authentic and yourself, but then you're also told to get things done ahead of time and automate and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I'm the same in in that I really struggle to have that authentic voice when I'm writing about fall two months in advance and it's 80 degrees outside. Exactly. You can't feel it, right? You can't feel the breeze on your cheeks. Like, what is that about, right? Yeah. And, you know, and to those, to those, listen, that's the thing, right, Cara, is that people People can get stuck on that roller coaster and they can feel crippled by what the experts say, right? People, I mean, listeners can't see me doing this, but I'm doing air quotes, right? So <laughs> they get stuck by what the experts say, right? And and they get crippled because, you know, Nicole said to do it like this, but then Kara said to do it like this and then XYZ said to, and then they're like stuck in this little vortex, right? Like, what do I do? And so, and then what happens is nothing gets done. So I have, in my own experience, learned over the years to throw all that out the window. Yes, there are some fun foundational pieces, right, that I that I have in place, but I've thrown everything out the window and I've, I've been doing it the way that I feel most comfortable doing it. Now, that doesn't mean that if something is not successful or if it's not going the way I want it to go, that doesn't mean that I'm not taking a step back and correcting course, right? I'm going to do that and I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to try to establish processes as, as best as I possibly can. But in establishing a process, if it's crippling me, I would rather just throw it out the window. Oh, that's so nice to hear. And I feel like everyone should have or feel like they have permission to do that, which is easier said than done, but so important. And weight just lifted off your shoulder, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, just to go back to it, because I love the idea of the nurturing sequence and the welcome sequence so much. How long is that process? How many emails are included in each of those sequences? Great question. Now, I would say three to five. I do three because I, I, I personally believe that I show up in so many other places, right? So if you're already on my email list, then there's a there's a 90% chance that you're also in my Facebook group and you're also in uh, you're also following me on Instagram or somewhere else. So because I'm showing up in so many other places, it's not going to take you as long to get to know me. So I don't need five or six emails in my welcome sequence. I probably only need three, right? So choose whatever is best for you. But I say three to five. The minimum for me, I think, should be three in your welcome sequence. If you want to do eight, God bless you, right? (laughs) Run for, run with it, right? If you're not showing up in other places, then eight may be best for you because studies have shown that people need at least eight touches in order to even click on something else to, to go along the journey with you before they even reach out to, to inquire about your services or to buy something from you. So if you believe you need eight because you're not showing up on Instagram or Pinterest or Twitter or Facebook or somewhere else, then by all means do that, right? So personally for me, it's three. Same thing for the nurture sequence. Again, three to five emails in the nurture sequence. So, and that's going to take, if you do that, so let's say if we do it in the average of once a week. So if you do that three to five, that can be six to 10. So we're talking six to 10 weeks before they are now going into your general weekly email list. Right. Interesting. For someone who's just getting into list building, would you recommend that they prepare a lead magnet and then write those welcome and nurture sequence emails first and then release, like have it all ready at the same time? Or what what should they focus on first if they're just getting into this? So 
That's that's a great question. And I'm going to tell you the mistake that I made in the beginning is that I created a lead magnet and put it out there to the world without having a welcome sequence, right? And so what was happening is that I was then having to manually send an email <laughs> to each person that joined my that that signed up for my lead magnet, right? Until I got myself together. I got I got my life together, okay? Um so, you know, if you're going for my mistake, please have it all ready at the same time. Now, do you have to have your welcome and your nurture ready? No. Um, but if you have your lead magnet ready, then you you definitely want to have your welcome sequence ready for sure. At least start there. And then depending on how many emails you have in your welcome sequence, if you have five, then that gives you five weeks to get your nurture sequence together, right? Because that's going to follow the, the, the welcome sequence. And if you do three, then obviously you have three weeks. So at least have your lead magnet and your welcome sequence ready to go off the bat. Great. Okay. And what about tools? Do you have any specific tools that you recommend to help people along? Yeah. So in in terms of creating a lead magnet, it depends, right? So if you're doing a PDF, if you're doing a PDF, Canva has some great templates for that. And it depends. I I mean, the great templates or the, the type of template that you get depends on which feature of Canva you have. So if it's a free version, I don't think they have as many, but if it's a Canva Pro, you can get some, some great templates there. In my academy and my inner circle, I provide, I create and provide lead magnet templates for my students, right? So it is very specific to travel. If you are uh, doing a video as a lead magnet, which is very common these days, some very simple tools to get started. And again, it goes back to that whole crippling effect, right? Because people feel like they have to have all the latest tools and they have to have, you know, the paid tools. And that's not necessarily true. If you want to start with video, so let's say you want, instead of typing it up in a PDF, you just want to just give these five tips via video because you're comfortable with video. And, you know, the real truth you and I know is that video creates a better connection anyway. So instead of doing it in a PDF, if you can do it in a video, please go ahead and do that. The two tools that you need are just, you can use YouTube, right? Or Vimeo. Both provide private links. So it's not like you're going to do a YouTube video and then the whole world is going to see it. You can make it a private link that automatically only goes to the people who sign up for it. So you can start there. Other, another option uh, for a lead magnet is an email sequence, believe it or not. So, And again, I'm seeing this more and more where I say I'm giving you five tips uh, or the or five places to travel in Southeast Asia for women, right? For solo travelers. And I'm going to dive deep into each of this, the, these destinations. And I'm going to give you information on culture, food, music, wellness, whatever it is, right? I'm going to go very deep. I'm going to give you the five restaurants that I recommend and why, or five places to travel in Southeast Asia for vegans. And I'm going to go very deep into this. This can be sent out in a weekly email. So someone can sign up and then it will trigger a sequence of emails. So week one, you get information that has that is going very deep in one area. Week two or the second day, you can do it daily as well. It's you choose depending on how deep you go and give them you know, some, other, some more information in another email. Now, I personally find that the email sequence lead magnet works best if there are action steps 
right? So say, for example, I've seen wedding planners do this. Wedding planners were also travel agents and for a destination wedding bride or something. And they're saying, okay, step one, how to find the best, I don't know, dress to travel with, right? And you give tips. And then the, at the end of the email, the call to action or the action step or the homework can be check out these five places. And so that now gives me one step and gives me one week to action all of this. And then the second week could be something else that you're giving me to action. I find best that these uh, daily or weekly emails works best when you have action items at the end. Kind of like a challenge, right? You ever done a challenge before? Yeah. yeah something like that. I think I remember what challenge was it? What it was like the green smoothie challenge. And it was like every day yes. they would give you a new recipe and then you would have to go try it and you'd come back to the group and say what you thought right. of it. And it was just so addicting. You were so engaged with that whole sequence. You didn't feel like you were being sold to either. Right. That's a great example because I've also seen it work for, for travel agents who are uh, who do a lot of food destinations, right? So they do food travel or drink travel. And so they'll say, listen, you know, we're getting together on this day via webinar to make a great, I don't know, Negroni or something or Kia Royale. And here are the ingredients you need to go out to shop for this. Or I'm making my favorite meal from Brazil, right? Here are the ingredients you need to go out and and get for, for something like that, right? So very interesting. Yeah. And what about tools for the email sequencing part of things? Sure. So for the email sequence part of things, there are a there are several uh, ESPs or email service providers out there. Some of the I'm going to give you I'm going to give you three, and I'm going to give you one that is entry level to a little bit more advanced is is the word. So a lot of people use Mailchimp, right? I'm a, I'm a fan of MailChimp to an extent. When you when you try to do a lot more things with landing pages, et cetera, maybe it's not the best, but it's a great way to start, at least to start collecting emails and creating and sending out a lead magnet, right? For sure. And then a step above that, which by the way, has made great, great leeway over the past couple of years is Flowdesk. Have you heard of Flowdesk? Yeah, I know that the aesthetic of the emails is really beautiful. Beautiful. It is one of the simplest, easiest, and yet beautiful e uh, platforms I have ever seen. I think it's very easy to use. And if you're, if you're just starting out, or even if you are advanced in it, and you're really just looking for a platform to send emails, send it beautifully, have templates that are, have many templates, by the way, that you can um, you know, mix and match and make it your own, change the font, et cetera. And they have great landing pages. Now, you know, you go to something like ConvertKit or ActiveCampaign or, or another ESP and you see all these options for landing pages, right? And all these options to just to do stuff. But Flowdesk, I think at the time of this recording, at least, I think they have maybe four or five options to create a landing page right? And I love that. I love that I'm not going through so many options, so many different choices. Again, it lessens, it lessens the crippling, right? So it helps me move on faster. So Flowdesk is a, is a great option. And then there's also ConvertKit, which is another simple, easy to use option as well. It's nice and clean and, and direct. I like that about ConvertKit. All of these, uh, there are free options available depending on the size of your list. 
Flowdesk is a paid option for sure, but you can, at least at the time of this recording, is that it is in beta mode. And so there is one price that is a lifetime price, regardless of how many email addresses you have. Wow. Whereas the others will structure the pricing based on how many email addresses you have. So those are the three for sure. Well, Nicole, this has been amazing. You have such incredible energy and vast knowledge and you you speak about it in such an engaging way. I've, I just I've loved talking to you. Uh, and oh, I know that our you. listeners are going to want to learn more about you and are probably going to be very interested in the Travelpreneur Academy. Uh, would you mind sharing more about where they can find you and get in touch if they'd like? Absolutely. So they can actually find out more information at thetravelpreneuracademy.com. And at the travelpreneuracademy.com, I have three free emails that they can get. So I, I've actually created their welcome sequence for them. So if they sign up there, they can get their welcome sequence automatically sent to them. And there are three emails in there that they can tweak and make it their own and just schedule it right away in their email service provider. And one of my favorite places to hang out is on Instagram. And they can find me there at Nicole S. Barrett. Perfect. Well, thank you so, so, so much. It's been such a pleasure to get to know you more. And I'm yeah, so thankful to have had the time to chat and learn from you today. Uh, thank you so much for having me. This was fun. This is fun. Let's do it again. Yes. Oh, please. Yes. Let's do it again <laughs> soon. All right. Thanks again, Nicole. Thank you, Karen.